Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. brief episode here for Casual Talk Radio. My name is Leister. Welcome if you're new. I am not going to spend too much time today as I do think the topic is something everybody, for the age range listening to the show, I think you all know already. I just wanted to reiterate it and share it for those that might not have uh, remembered or might have skipped your mind. I don't know. But it's tax season. We have taxes are actually due tomorrow, believe it or not. It's the last day. And, you know, people are like, well, you know, They'll come after you if you don't file. They want you to file. And, of course, taxes are just, you know, you're documenting what they already know. They already know this data. You're justifying why you should not be charged what you are charged. So my situation is a very challenging one, just to tell the story with a high level. 2021, I was I was in a bad spot financially, very bad. And in 2022, half the year, I was in a horrible spot. I signed my first endeavor in May. That got me some income. It took a while for it to start flowing, but I got some income, started in there, and then I signed my second endeavor in September. That didn't start making money till October. The second endeavor, of course, pays more frequently than the first one. The first one pays less than the second one. So the second one is bank, and it was like free checks for like four months. It was pretty awesome. But now the accumulation of money made overall, it means that, yeah, I'm going to have a pretty hefty bill, I think. I was trying to estimate it because I was trying to figure out, okay, what am I talking about in terms of the real world situation? And based on the way the first endeavor pays me, I'm thinking it's probably not going to be more than like 30 grand or something because they don't pay me as frequently as they should. But the second one though, because they pay me weekly, that's going to be a lot of money. I'm thinking that one's probably like, geez, you know, another 20 grand. So maybe 50 grand is 50, 60 grand is my guess for the span of, 2022 in terms of taxable, how much money I made. And you're like, that's not a lot. It's not a lot because I, again, I only signed that deal second half of the year, uh, you know, second half of the year. So I was only getting paid for like six months of that year that I can, I can documentally prove. And then the other endeavor didn't start paying till October. So I didn't make that much money, but it was more money than I made in 2021, all of 2021. That's how bad 2021 was. So I think I'm okay in terms of the tax bill, but because of the way I set it up, there I set it exempt because I didn't expect to get any income. So now what happens is you, and I'm telling this story just in case you're ever in the situation where you need to think about it yourself. Some of you probably use like H&R Block or one of the other garbages. I can't justify paying them that money for something I could do myself. So usually what I'll do is I'll download the H&R Block software myself and just go through it because it's not that hard. You just have to have all the paperwork. And then I e-file. So I know for the... This year, pretty much 2022 tax season, I'm not going to have a very high tax bill, if at all, because I do have business expenses. So business expenses are deductible. I did a uh, catch-up contribution to my IRA because I had an IRA from when I shut down the one of my businesses from the rollover of the 401k that I had. So I have a catch-up contribution that I did to the IRA. 
So that lessens how much my taxable income is for 2022. So I think I'm in a good spot. I was worried about it before, but then I started crunching the numbers and saying, you know what, between deductible things, plus the, you know, the fact that I didn't make money for the full year, plus the, you know, this whole business with the uh, IRA and the catch-up contributions and other expenses, I think I'm actually going to be in a good spot. It may actually be a lower tax bill than it would be if I were full throttle for the year. So I'm going to sit down tomorrow and crank through it. I got all my paperwork. I got all the, um, I have stubs and all that stuff and I've got all the numbers. I'm just going to crank through it tomorrow, get all that file, make it go away. So if you're looking, if you're doing the taxes, just be sure, you know, if you're, because most of you are going to be full-time, right? I'm not full-time. I work for myself. I'm my own uh, boss. But if you're full-time, you have your deductions, right? So you fill out your W-2s and you say, this is what, or W-4s rather, and you say, this is what my exemptions are. And they've made that form more complicated, by the way. Well, here's my deductions. All you're telling the government is, this is, use this to calculate how much you want to take from me. And then I'll file to get it back. And make sure that you balance it. Because what they want you to do is balance that number to where it's, you don't get any refund and you don't owe anything. And it's hard to, it's hard to guess that because you don't know your deductions until you actually file. In my case, there is no W-4s. For me, it's simply I make money depending on the allotment or how I'm, how I'm set up with the company. So like in one company, there is a W-4 capability, but in that one, it's exempt. And then the other one is 1099. So there is not one. So what I have to do then is I take the total amount and file it and say, this is how much I made. However, here's my deductions with the goal being to get down to as close to the, the bar, low bar as possible for the tax bracket, which then lowers the tax bill. And then once I get to a number, which is usually like a, you know, for this amount, it's like a thousand dollars or 2000. Then I say, okay, I'll set up a payment plan and then I'll make payments over time. And you're wondering, well, why you make payments over time? It's because if I make the payment up front and let's say I get it wrong, let's say that it's, you know, 3000 instead of 2000 or something. It's rare, but let's say that happens. If I make the payment up front, now I got to go back and do other filings. But if I do a payment arrangement and it turns out I got it wrong, it just gets added to the balance. So it's just adding, extending the payments. So I have to put all that together, figure out what that looks like. What's the total taxable, submit that and say, here's my total taxable. Here's how much I'm deducting because I work as a business and I own my own business. So business expenses are all deductible, even as an individual. Then the catch-up contributions to IRA, all that's tax deductible. So it's not taxable. Now, the weird thing with the catch-up contributions is that you're still in one of my endeavors. There is a partial like Social Security and that is taken out of some of that money. So you're already taxed on this stuff. So you, do, you still have to pay for all the state level expenses that are out there. And in my situation, I have the other business I shut down. I have to run the numbers on what that looks like from a, a state tax and federal tax for that close out of that business. I don't think it's significant, but I have to account for that as well. Plus I'm setting up a new business. I have to look at those expenses. Those expenses won't be deductible till next year. All of which to say, if you are working for somebody else, you're full-time or part-time working for somebody else, you don't have these problems. You don't have to worry about all these different expenses. But if you're a gig worker, you know, you work Uber or Grubhub or Postmates or whatever you do, these are things you're going to need to think about, especially because if you're a 1099, you have to be thinking about business expenses. You have to think about the cost and the tax burden on yourself. 
So yes, you might have the freedom of your own schedule, work for yourself. You're not beholden to an office. You know, you don't have to go to meetings, but the flip is that you are on the hook to make sure your tax situation is taken care of. And you better be sure that you're paying taxes, which brings me to the whole cash is king conversation. If you're a gig worker and you'd prefer your tips, let's say to just go straight to your account, that means that your tips are essentially taxable income. They're all taxable, right? If you're paid in cash, it's not reported anywhere. It's not documented anywhere. It's not known anywhere. It's just a pocket transaction for me to be. I'm not advocating that you duck your taxes. I'm saying if it's a cash transaction, it's not reported anywhere on any document that's submitted anywhere. Something to really think about, which is why I say cash is king, but also many other reasons. Last and most important, there are people out there who are not currently employed. And I speak to you as somebody who in 2021 was in a very similar situation of not being employed. Obviously, I have my own business, but I didn't have any customers. So it's basically the same thing. You have no money coming in. If you're not employed right now, you're kind of struggling through it. I understand because I understand what COVID did to everybody. I'm not even just talking about the pandemic. I'm talking about the reactions of various businesses with respect to the pandemic and the fact that the federal government with respect to taxation took no steps to try to make it easier on people or for credit reports, for example, to make it easier on people and basically say, all of this gets washed in 2021. We're not going to count it, completely delete it. They're not going to do this. Many companies are still on this bend where they're basically discriminating against people for their own bodily choices. I was dealing with a bunch of customers during 2021 in particular and early 2022 where they were trying to force the thing and I'm telling them, screw you, not only because of the you know, the, the situation itself, but also I'm my own business. You don't tell me how to do my business. I'll give you my policy, which is we don't need it. I'm remote. I never walk in your building. I'm never near anybody. We will make our own choices. Whoever chooses, whatever they choose is what we choose. We're remote. There's no risk. If there's no risk, we're not doing it. Some of these companies, they applied a generic strategy across all applicants, all employees. I spoke to some of these companies and what they say is, yeah, because it makes it easy and it makes it fair. It doesn't make it fair from the application process itself. That's the reason why you're subjected to a stupid application and why you're forced to go online through their ATS application system, why you're, why they ignore your resume, why they put you through stupid, res, you know, interview questions that don't make any sense. The reason that they do these generic templates is so that in their mind, they're making it fair to everybody when in truth, they're making it unfair to you. You may have particular skills that you bring to the table. You may have talents that they need. You may be able to sell yourself if given the opportunity and your resume may be top notch, but you're purposely being ignored and made generic because in their mind, it's making it fair. So the pandemic just made this worse because in their mind, they had to find a way to get rid of people who didn't want to flow and group think with their strategy, but also reject people from the outside who also were not going to play that game. We just did a hiring round for a different client and we put it, we put it out. We're talking a very easy, simple, basic type of hiring process. We're talking very easy criteria. You're not going to get like the low end here. Like you're going to get high level people on this posting that we put out there. And at the posting, 16 people, 16 people out of a total of 22 completely refused to even apply because of the requirements of the application process. And I told them, this is stupid. You're not supposed to do this. You're kicking out possible good candidates here because it's something stupid that you don't need. They, I got ignored. So 
We ended up with the five candidates remaining of the five. It just so happened that one of them is somebody I've worked with before. I know very well, and I knew he's capable of doing the job. He does have a bit of quirk to him from a culture and personality perspective. But of who we had left, it was only him and one other person that were going to be able to do it. The other person, the funny story is that person actually was going to do it, but only if he could work remote. He refused to come back to that local and the company forced him to go local and we lost a good candidate. What all am I saying here? I'm saying for those who are not employed right now, if you've tried and you've tried and you've submitted and you've applied and you just are not getting, either you're not getting callbacks or you're getting callbacks and the, you know, the interview process is stupid or the requirements are stupid or they're trying to force you to do a thing, I'm not going to give you any direct advice. I am going to tell you, Leicester was in your situation back in 2021. I know where you're at. I know what you're feeling. And in my situation, simply because of the trade, what I do, the skills that I have, and the fact that I am a commodity of some sort that is rare and hard to find, for me, I had the advantage of being able to say no. But it meant I had to go basically a year and a half without getting any sort of reliable income coming in because many of these companies were just holding away. And then they got desperate because many of my peers ultimately started saying no and saying, screw you, we're not doing it either. Whereas before, they were desperate as all get out. Or they would get somebody who was garbage, who couldn't do the work. They need somebody quality to come in and do the work. Now you got to come and meet me on my level. And if I tell you no, I tell you no. My second endeavor then, my second endeavor initially had some of these stupid requirements. And so I told them, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And they had to get waivers. They got waivers. Now they see, no, this guy's up there. He's, he's key. He's what we need. He's going to get us where we need to go. All that other stuff is stupid. We're not doing it. Let's step forward. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not giving any direct advice. I am saying that in some cases for me, ethically, it was more appropriate to put my foot down and simply say, this is what needs to happen. We need to focus on the work. you got work you need done. Let's stop playing games. I need to get paid. I need to put food on the freaking table. But what I'm not going to do is allow you to compromise my own morals and ethics for something that you don't need. And I had that conversation. And I do think society's gotten to the point where they've given too much to these businesses, where they've allowed them to trample on their rights. This is why we saw so many layoffs in the tech sector, because so many people during the rush when they were ramping up during the pandemic, especially Amazon and all the delivery services that were being basically mandated by the governments, we saw then later many of those people getting cut. Why? Because they didn't really want the people. All they had to do was manage the volume. All they needed to do was manage demand which means that everybody was basically dispensable. I don't agree with that. I don't think that we should have a society where we can openly and welcome the idea of disposing of somebody after we're done with them instead of trying to get back to long-term tenure of some kind. This is why I ultimately went to business for myself because I wasn't going to allow any employer to dictate when and why I work. I need to call the shots. I'll choose when I start work. I'll choose when I leave work. I'll choose what days I work. I'll choose how long I work. And the way I work is the way I work and you take it or leave it and you pay me. And as long as I'm delivering on what I say, you pay me. And that's our arrangement. It's a disconnected arrangement. The downside of this is I have to handle my own tax situation. And that's my moral is it's not for everybody. I have to handle my own tax situation. I have to do my own healthcare benefits. I have to manage my own numbers. I have to handle my own books. I have to basically track and document for myself. To me, though, it was worth it. The freedom and the sanity, frankly, the sanity. Yeah, there's frustrating people working at my customers, absolutely. But 
I have a freedom that you can't understate versus working at some employer. Think about it. And many of you who work in white collar jobs can resonate with what I'm about to say. The idea that you're forced to show up to meetings when you know that either you have no value in the meeting or nobody's going to listen to you in the meeting, it's a waste of your time. And then there's meetings after meetings after meetings. There's meetings to discuss other meetings and meetings to back up to other meetings. And people run late to meetings because they schedule meetings over top of meetings and meetings right at 8 a.m. And then you're forced to be there at 8 a.m. And they don't let you work remote. You have to do a commute in there and they know it's traffic's all terrible because they chose to put the building in the worst part of the city. It's all at this matrix type game of cat and mouse where they force you to do things that they know are going to essentially lessen your lifespan because they're going to stress you out. I wasn't going to do it anymore. Having done it for so many years, I realized there's no reason because the nature of my work doesn't mandate it. Not everybody can say that, but what everybody could potentially do is take a step back and think about, are you truly happy at work? And I don't mean that you like who you work with. It's not about that. The freedom, the, the family, everything that you do, do you feel like you have free time for yourself? Do you feel comfortable taking time off when you choose to? Do you feel comfortable on your own schedule, on your own time? Do you feel like you're being tethered as in they can reach you whenever they feel like it, force you to come in whenever they feel like it, make you feel bad when you take time off, make you feel bad when you take sick leave? Think about how you feel and how you're treated in the workplace and whether or not it makes sense to go for work for yourself. Again, no stress. It's not for everybody. I'm saying think about it. Think about if you're satisfied where you're at, what you're doing, great. Some people like that safety net of having a company that subsidizes at least some of the health care, that subsidizes some of the 401k situations, which to me is garbage compared to pensions, but they like that safety net. They like that having being taken care of, and I understand this. I'm saying if you are not satisfied with just that and you're not satisfied going to work every day, consider whether it makes sense to work on yourself. But remember, working for yourself means working for yourself, means you have to do everything. In exchange for that freedom, you have to use some of that time to set up your own situation. You may have to set up the business yourself. It could be a business that you enjoy, like a hobby or something that you do, but you have to set it up yourself. There are outlets out there like Zen Business that can help you to some degree, but you still got to have the idea yourself, the marketing plan you kind of have to do yourself, the outreach, the messaging, the product, the distribution. Some of these you have to do yourself, and most importantly, the taxes. And the taxes are completely different than your personal taxes. You still have to do your personal taxes in addition to your business taxes. However, flip on that, although you do have to do those things, you have control. For some people, control is key. For some people, they don't care. For you, that is, you like control and you want to take control, consider really if your situation gives you the control that you desire or there may be a different way for you. For me, I needed the total control. And I'm willing to spend the extra time to go through and do my own freaking taxes. As much as I have to do, there's a lot of papers, right? There's a lot of forms. I would rather do that than spin wheels in something where you feel like you're just a cog. You're just one of hundreds of thousands of different elements and you have no individuality or unique compromise to it. You are not a singular contributor. You are not somebody who stands out. I like to stand out in a crowd not because I want to be better, but simply because I want to be recognized for who I am. Used to be the analogy, do I appear somewhere in an encyclopedia or a textbook? That's what I want to be. And I knew I wanted to do whatever is necessary to get there. The starting point was I can't work for somebody else because they do not recognize the desire to be somebody to stand out. They don't want to promote from within. You notice that too. So I'll go on business for myself. 
And no, I, it's not for everybody. It never will be. But it's, it's always unique to take a look at it and try and see if you can do what you really want to do for a living and be your own boss, knowing that you have to pay the tax man and they're not going to do that for you. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.